Mark 8. Now we're still talking about why are you here, but we're going to get a little more specific and we're going to turn the knob just a little bit and get really precise here. And today we're going to entitle this message, What's the Big Deal? What's the Big Deal? Hey, look at that right there. What's the Big Deal? And so John, excuse me, Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Jesus says some things here that have freaked a lot of people out. It's okay, people need freaked out. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What is it going to... Now, I think it's interesting to notice here, people can lose their souls over this. You know, the devil did not just go to Jesus with those temptations. He goes to everybody with those temptations. You know, the, you know the devil comes to people today? You know, in disguise? Just through thoughts and desires? And says, you can have this. You can have that. You can have all these kingdoms. You can have all this fame and all this money. But there's a price. There's a price. Go this way and all this will be yours. Go this way and all this will be yours. You've heard the the expression, sold their soul to the devil. It's not that inaccurate. There's some truth to that. How many people have been whispered to and said, you know what? All these people will bow down to you. They will clap for you. You'll make a lot of money if you just, you know, dress like this, sing like this. You'll get the attention of all these people. And in the process, they're compromising their immortal soul. For what? For something that's passing away. Hmm? You know where John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is of the world and not of the Father. And then he says, all these things are passing away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God is going to remain forever. So what should we be interested in? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? All the stuff we're seeing around us are the will of God. Amen. Come on. What's, now, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say, what do you feel like is the big deal? What do you think is the big deal? What's the world saying is the big deal? No, I'm saying, what is the big deal according to God? Because he's been around longer than us. Hmm? Now, Jesus said a lot of things that are really big to people are to God. They're an abomination to the Lord. And a lot of things that don't mean much to people is huge to the Lord. Kind of like what Jeremy just shared. God's huge on heart issues. What we do is great and fine, but the heart is the most important thing, and God is huge on the condition of the heart. You can have any kind of heart you want. (laughs) Even after you're born again, you can slip and, and get weird and get strange on the inside and how many know we need to protect our hearts? Now, if turn to another scripture. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11. 
So what's the big deal? Well, obviously the big deal has nothing to do with this world that's passing away. What in God's mind, what is the big, the big deal to God is that people's souls are not lost. Okay, this is the big deal. Now, I don't know what you thought the big deal was or what I thought the big deal was. Let's see what God says the big deal is. What should be numero uno in our life when it comes to plans and purposes and vision and efforts? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is people. Why did Jesus leave the the glories of heaven? Why did Jesus come down to this earth, right? Become a man, surrounded by temptations. Why did he go through what he went through? Why did he come? Why did he leave heaven to come to earth? Because the big deal to the Lord was us. A friend of ours, Bruce Porter, he used to say this all the time because he's pastor of a church in Denver and uh, he used to say, probably still does, he says, people, are our business, our only business. Everything else just supports that. I'm excited because we, as a church, have a vision from heaven. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to that vision from heaven. You know what the vision entails? Helping people get to heaven. Right? Right? Get filled with the Spirit on their way to heaven. Walking in love. Delivered, healed. Spreading it everywhere they go. So look here at Proverbs 11 and verse 30. Anybody interested in being a wise person? You know, somebody who's smart. Not dumb, right? It says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he or she that wins souls... Now, when God says you're wise, you're wise. In other words, this is what matters. Education in all these other areas is fine, but when it comes to numero uno, and the number one most important thing in life, is that we are concerned about our souls, and right after that, other people's souls. And what does he mean when he says, he that wins souls is wise? We should be living our lives, our Christian lives, in such a way where people want what we have. Winning is different than attacking. Winning is different than saying, you guys need to come to church. Winning, there's something about you where people want to follow you. And this scripture says, he that wins souls is wise. What what, what else could we read that? If we're not interested in or involved in soul winning, we're not wise. You may think you are because of the letters after your or a name or the, the degrees that you might have. But in God's perspective, we're wise if we're interested in helping people get to Jesus, helping people get to heaven. That's where real wisdom is seen. Oh, let's face it. Where are you going to be 85 years from now? Huh? So what do you think is going to be on your mind as you look back? What kind of car you drove? kind of house you lived in? How much money you made? Come on, what's going to be the number one thing on your mind? And what's the number one thing we're going to be rewarded for in the next life? Huh? How we influence people 
for Jesus. I told you a couple weeks ago that one of the reasons we, we've you know, seen so many blessings in our life is because we've gotten so involved in the local church, which is Jesus in the earth. Okay? And we, we were talking about you know, just some of the blessings that, that have occurred in our lives and the things that have happened in our lives. And I told you that before I was a pastor, I was making really good money doing some things on my own business. And, but that job was never my number one priority. It was just a support to my things that were going on in my life in the church. Because sometimes people wonder, well, pastor, how come you got this? And how did you get that? And how come your kids turned out like this? And, and why did you have this? And why did you make it through that? Huh? Number one reason is because we decided a long time ago, we're not just going to church. Church is a core of our life. Because the church is what? The body of Christ in the earth. It's really easy to say, Lord, I love you. But if you don't care for his body, you're not telling the truth. Now, come on. We all know that we're the church. But you know what the Bible says? It says in the Acts chapter 13, New Testament. It says in Acts 13 that there were in the church. Everybody say in the church. We are the church, but let's get balanced. If we are the church, we need to be in the church too. It says there were in the church certain prophets. I'm a prophet. I'm spiritual. I don't need to go to no church and and sit under and hear no pastor. Well, you're not New Testament. Let me tell you, the devil hates unity. He fights it. He's the author of division. He left his first habitation. He drew a third of the angels with him. He caused division in heaven. And God didn't put up with it. He said, you're out of here. On your way out, boom. The devil hates unity because where there's unity, he commands the God commands the blessings. And it's where there's the full anointing. Psalm 133 says. You know, one of the reasons we should go to church, not the number one, one of the reasons we should want to go to church is because the devil doesn't want us to. (laughs) Anything he don't want, we want. But there's a higher reason. We want to go because we love the one who said, forsake not the assembling. That's more than gathering. There is some assembly required if you want to live a successful Christian life. Look at Daniel chapter 12. What's the big deal? Well, it's not what we feel like it is. It's what God says it is. What's the big deal? I mean, after you strip away all this illusions of the enemy and this worldly stuff that it's trying to project to us. After you strip away all this natural stuff, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? People. Reaching people for the Lord. So in Daniel 12, look at verse 3. You'll like this scripture. They that will be wise, everybody say wise, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament And they that turn many to righteousness are going to shine as the stars forever and ever. Are there rewards to helping people turn to the Lord? Come on, we talked about in the very first message on why you're here. We talked about the greatest thing we should be focused on is hearing these words when we slip out of our bodies and stand before the Lord is well done. You good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Well, what's he going to tell us well done for? Obviously, we're doing something. We're faithful doing something. And for a couple of weeks in the past now, we talked about being faithful in the local church. Your part in God's household. Your part in the body of Christ. Huge deal. I think we need to be more interested in the Lord's rewards that he's coming back with. He said he's coming back and he's got rewards with him to give to those who were faithful doing what he told them to do. And when we're talking about rewards, guys, we're not talking about shiny trophies. If you read the scriptures, we're talking about things that are inexplainable with English language. Things, places in the next life. Authority over cities. Right? Possessions. Things that are beyond description. People say, well, I'm not too interested in rewards. I just want to go to heaven. You say that now. There is a real meeting coming. It's just around the corner. A few more clicks. We're there. And names are going to be called. King David, come forth. Receive your reward. Ruth, come forth. Receive your reward. How many want your name called? Now, church, you don't have to be a preacher to get these rewards. Every man is going to receive a reward for the things he did in the body. All right, before we go any further, let me say this. I have, to, I have to say this. We were talking to a couple at a table in the dinner the other night in Sarasota, another minister couple. And they said that there's some, you know, people really start churches, not churches, but some, one guy, she said, has started church online. It's totally online. Don't even have to come to church. Just, just watch the broadcast. It's called Church Online. And when, they, and when they said that, I thought, something down here went, something's wrong here. First of all, how many of you realize there's going to be no cell phones in heaven? No texting? Huh? There's not going to be internet broadcasts in heaven? You want it? You're there. Face to face. We're going to see him face to face, not through a cell phone. How many of you would like to have watched the upper room meeting online? Huh? Come on, you know what I mean? The upper room meeting? They're all, they're all together in one accord? In the book of Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many like to see that online? How many like to be there? How many of you like to be there? Huh? Absolutely. No, there's some, online is okay. If you can't be somewhere, if you're in the hospital, or in prison, right, or maybe some other situation where you cannot be there, here's what the Lord shared with me. He said, "He said one. There's there's seven things you can't do." By watching services online that are vital for your spiritual growth. One of them is true fellowship. You can communicate through social media, but you can't fellowship through social media. Plus, here's the thing. Think about this. Whoever you really love, 
Texting is not enough. <laughs> right? It's good. Watching you online through Skype or what? That's not enough. If you really love them, you want to see them in person. How many know if you really love the body of Christ, you're not just going to settle for online? I thank God for online. We're online right now. We're streaming right now. Hopefully for people that can't be in church. When you really love... Now see, if, if, if it's all about... Well, let, let me say this. Another reason that people... Another reason you can't have online church take the place of this is because what about your part and what about your serving? What about your serving? Come on, it says in Acts 13, they are all in church and they ministered to the Lord. And when they did, the Holy Ghost began to speak. And life-saving ministry was launched. Are you listening? Come on, if, if you're not here, your part's not here. Even if it's just adding your faith with those that are sick that are being prayed for and believing for their healing. Come on, you're not here, your faith's not here. You know, when church is all about being ministered to, it's easy to miss a service for three or four. But when you realize somebody else needs you and that you're valuable, now, just sitting at home watching broadcasts on TV isn't going to cut it anymore. Plus, you love the people. Well, of course, you're going to want to be with them. You want to be with Jesus, the body of Christ. But here's one of the most important things the Lord shared with me about why we need church services versus just staying home because it's, you know, everything about it. Why? Why get up early? Why get ready? Why get dressed? Why take a shower? Why eat? Why get in your car? Why spend gas money? When you can sit at home today and hear some of the best teachings in the world. I just named a few reasons why, right? Because it's not all about us. We are a valuable part somebody else needs. He shared this with me. He said, what my church doesn't realize is that, yes, they can stay home when they should be in church. And they can watch all kinds of good preaching and teaching messages that are good for them. But he said that cannot take the place of specific words to them. You and I getting a good word is not enough. We need to get our word. Are you listening, church? You know, you read the book of Revelation. Jesus appeared to John and gave him seven messages for seven local churches at that time in Asia, now Asia Minor. He gave him seven messages for seven churches. Are you listening? And let's say you heard the message of the, uh, of the Lord to the church at Laodicea. Oh, that was a good message. That was, that was just for me. And then you heard the message to the church at Smyrna, and then Thyatira, and then Philadelphia, right? And all these other six churches, right? But let's say you're supposed to be in the church at Ephesus. Well, you could hear all other six churches' messages, and they would be good messages, but if you didn't hear the church, that message to the church at Ephesus, you did not get specific direction just for you. You would not have known what to repent of. You would not have gotten rewards that he talks about. 
You would have been blessed by the other six messages, but you wouldn't have been helped in the fullest unless you heard the message God had for your church. See, listen, church, a good message is great, but that doesn't mean that was what you needed to hear at the moment right now. This is where local churches come in. God anoints pastors to pray for the people that are going to be in that church. And you talk about specifics. You talk about nitty gritty down to earth instruction for you right now where you're at. That's only going to happen in the local church of God's choice for your life. A lot of good messages out there, but there are some things that are catered specifically for you. And if you were supposed to be in the church at Ephesus and you heard all read all these letters to the other churches, you still missed a ton and you might not have made it through the trial you were going through. Another reason you should be in church physically, because somebody might pay your car off. If you come to this church, it's happened. It'll happen. Somebody might walk up to you and give you 400 bucks. How many of you have ever gotten money or something really good tangibly in this church by being in church? Raise your hand. Somebody just gave you something. What if you weren't here? Can't get that watching online. Can you? So there's my plug for the local church. All right, now turn with me to Mark 16, and let's move forward just a little bit further here. Everybody say, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, according to God, the big deal is us influencing people for Jesus, bringing them to him, helping them get saved. Here's another cool way to look at it. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. He's geographically in heaven. We're his body. We're geographically on the earth. We're getting messages from the head and hopefully we're doing what he says. Right? Well, that would mean whatever his purpose is for being is our purpose for being. So, one way to answer this question why are we here? Well, why was he here? Why was Jesus here? Why did he come? Well, if we're his body, that same purpose now is our purpose. Why are we here? Hmm. Let's find out why he's here and we'll know more why we're here. It doesn't mean we're not involved with other things. It doesn't mean you can't have fun, take a hike, go swimming, go fishing. Those things are great, wonderful, fine. But that should never be the number one reason you think you're here. This is not playground time. This is the night cometh and no man can work then. This is work time. Rewards are on the way. Don't get me wrong. There's refreshings in the process and there's times of rest, right? But the number one reason we're resting is to get back to work. Right. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're going to be really thankful your pastor preaches to you when you get to heaven. <laughs> Especially if you let it do something on the inside of you and change some things. Mark 16, 15, the final words of the master, which we all know are vital and very important. 